Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. I'm so glad that you're here today. And yes, I'm back over in the sanctuary today because we're doing some technical upgrades on our uh, midweek studio, and those should be uh, implemented pretty soon. So I just jumped over here today to share a kingdom message with you today. But before we jump into today's message, let me share with you a special testimony that just came in, and I wanted to read this to you. Uh, the testimony uh, came in by email. It says, hello, Apostle Stephen and Pastor Kelly. I wanted to share a great testimony. A few weeks ago, Apostle Stephen, you shared in a message about a man who had a hernia that was healed. But in your story, he didn't give God the glory for the healing. I had been suffering on and off from a hernia that was exercise induced for several years. I realized when you shared this story, I realized, oh, I have been tolerating and just allowing this in my life. In fact, I had recently re-injured it and it was painful. After I heard the story, I decided to stand against it, went back to basics, speaking the word over my life and exercised my faith. And now it is totally healed Hallelujah. So I have been healed. She says, I have been healed three times through your ministry now. So grateful for you and the way the Holy Spirit moves, speaks, and instructs me through you. Thank you. Thank you. And yes, I am healed and back to doing exercises like I love. Praise God. Amen. My friends, we thank God for his mighty healing anointing and also noticed she heard the message, and when you hear the Word of God taught or preached, faith comes, and it ignited her faith, and she used her faith and tapped into the finished work at Calvary, which includes not only forgiveness of sins, but healing for our bodies, and she received her healing miracle. Praise God the third time that God has healed this person from various uh, infirmities and so forth. Praise God. And now she's walking in divine health. Her and her husband are online church members and partners with this ministry. And my friends, we thank God for how the anointing can flow right through the lens of the camera and touch you and minister to you right where you're at. Praise God. Um, here's a little note I have to share today. By God's grace, we are continuing to expand in the ministry. Thank you so much for all of your support, helping us to just do so many things and make really a global footprint. And we, we thank God for the outreach. And I know that's because of all of our partners, Pure Gold partners, uh, online church members, as we all work together to send the gospel around the world. So we have another position that's just open, and we're looking to hire someone in social media particularly somebody that's really good with Instagram. Now, perhaps that might not be you, but if you do know somebody that would be interested in this part-time position, please have them contact our ministry. They can email our team at contact 
at stephenbrooks.org, and we will certainly take a look at anybody who is uh, interested and qualified in that position. You know, particularly some of these young people, they're so good at social media. So this is a part-time position. Uh, the person, of course, has to be a born-again, bonafide, sold-out Christian who, of course, loves and reverences God's word. Praise God. If a person's not born again, has no interest in the things of God, they cannot work for this ministry, regardless of what perhaps gifts and talents they have. This is a ministry that, that glorifies Jesus, and we have a Jesus-filled atmosphere and environment around here. Praise God. So thank you just for pushing that word out there, and, uh, and we'll see what the Lord does. The Lord has always sent us his very best, and I believe somebody special will be plugged into this position. Now, please go with me today to a very interesting scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to begin today in verse 20. I want to talk about the unique position we have as being kingdom ambassadors, Praise God. This is very fascinating. Let's pray as we go into this morning's Bible study. Heavenly Father, as we're jumping into your word, we ask for your Holy Spirit to help us to see who we really are in Christ so that we can represent the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, and also to understand our divine backing from headquarters. Thank you, Father. Let revelation knowledge flow in this teaching session today by the anointing of your spirit off of this word in Jesus name. And let's all agree and say, amen. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What does it mean to be reconciled? Well, to reconcile is to restore a relationship that has been damaged or severed and to restore it back to a harmonious and friendly condition. So we are ambassadors and we're out restoring the lost back to God. Now that could be backslidden Christians or it could be unbelievers who do not know the goodness of God and that their sins have been paid for at Calvary, and all they have to do is put their faith and trust in Christ and receive Him, and they can receive eternal—excuse uh, me—eternal life, and thus be restored back to God. So, my friends, this is is all possible because of what we see in the next verse, verse twenty-one. For He, that's God the Father, made Him, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. For He made Him who knew no sin. To be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Praise the Lord. So Jesus has paid the penalty for our sins. He has shed His blood for our sins and the sins of the whole world. And whoever puts their faith and trust in Him, the righteousness of Jesus is imputed into us. Praise God. We are born again and in a sense, we are made righteous. In other words, we now have right standing with God. Hallelujah. Shout if you understand the simplicity of the gospel and the goodness of God. Now, the new birth makes you and I an official ambassador of 
King Jesus. Every kingdom has a king. There's only two kingdoms in the earth realm, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. When you're born again, you're translated or moved out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, which is also called the kingdom of God's dear son, the kingdom of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, an ambassador is an intermediary between two countries, which would be his home country and the country he is sent to. Now, because of this assignment of being an ambassador, you therefore enjoy the backing of the kingdom you are representing. Just like it works here on the earth with earthly ambassadors, it works the same way. We are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ and his eternal kingdom. Because of that, we have divine backing from the kingdom that will never end and that can never be shaken. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. Now, think about this, because in the natural realm of an earthly ambassador, nobody who would be terminally ill or physically incapacitated can be made an ambassador of his or her country. In other words, when we look at the spiritual parallel, what is not found in heaven should not be found in you and I in our lives. This is because as the Lord's ambassadors, we are entitled to heaven's protection, to heaven's health, to heaven's provision and authority. And so because we have that divine, literally supernatural backing, we can now represent and reflect the true kingdom message. Praise God. And actually God expects his ambassadors to walk in the health that his son has provided to enjoy the prosperity that Jesus has made available for his people. And let us understand also, there is no sickness or disease or poverty in the kingdom that we represent here on the earth. Woo. Think about that. Think about that. Hallelujah. I'm clashing of course, with some fuddy duddy religious traditions that think that you're just supposed to go through life saved, love God, but yet beat up by the devil, humiliated by the world and stomped on by cruel men. But my friends, we are ambassadors of the eternal kingdom and we have divine backing and that divine backing reflects the strength of where we have come from or what we're connected to. And of course, where we're all eventually going, praise God. So again, what is not found in heaven should not be found in you. Think about that for a moment. If you were to consider the U S ambassador to Japan, what would you think if you turned on the news and you found out that he got drunk at a local bar over there in, in Tokyo somewhere, you you'd think, well, that's a misrepresentation of our government. Well, the same way we are representing the government of God. And so what heaven has 
should be ours, and what heaven does not have should not be found in our lives. Woo, praise you, Lord Jesus. Mm -mm. Now, here's something very fascinating. I really want you to take this to heart today and meditate on this. Ambassadors in the earthly realm, natural, of course, like a government, governmental ambassador. By the way, ambassadors are the highest uh, diplomatic uh, status that a government can give out. The highest diplomats are always your ambassadors. Ambassadors enjoy comfort that is proportional to the wealth of the country they represent. Now, if you look at all of the different embassies in the world, I mean, if you go to Washington, D.C., uh, they have what's called Embassy Row, and you can see all the different embassies that other nations have established here in our national headquarters. And you could just drive down and you, you just, you read them and you see all, you see the flags and the, the plaques on the wall. And so this is the uh, Switzerland embassy and this is the Morocco embassy and on and on it goes. It's really neat to see, to see that. But you know, um, many nations, there's even the, um, uh, you, you have some countries are not, they don't have a lot of money, but they still have the international embassies. You can see, for instance, in some countries, not, not, not as many, of course, but like uh, even uh, North Korea, they have various embassies in certain countries. Wow, very interesting. But let's talk for a moment about, for those of you that are from America, let's talk a little bit along this line. And let me say again that ambassadors enjoy comfort proportional to the wealth of the country they represent. By the way, some of the embassies of North Korea in various countries, you can tell, well, they don't have as much money as some of these other prosperous nations do. And that's reflected in what? It's reflected in the embassies and how that ambassador lives in that land. Woo, praise God. Now, let me give you an example. Let's put a picture up on the screen. You're looking at a picture right now, uh, and this is where the U.S. ambassador to the U.K. lives. Okay, so this is our government diplomat. This is our, our U.S. ambassador from America to the U.K. The, the, uh, I, well, I'm gonna, it's a home, but that's the home where he lives. Now, I know while you're looking at that picture, uh, you're probably thinking, Pastor Stephen, I thought our ambassadors worked in little bitty offices overseas. Well, now remember, the, the comfort is proportional to the wealth of the country they represent. So you have to remember, these ambassadors, like the one you're seeing here to the UK, represent the wealth and the power of America. So that's where he lives. Let's take a look at the second picture. Same, uh, the uh, same uh, residence of the U.S. ambassador to the U.K. There, of course, is that beautiful mansion, let's just call it for what it is, on 12 acres, sitting uh, with all of this beautiful landscaped gardening, which is actually the second largest private garden in London, of course, after that of only Buckingham Palace. But look at the beauty 
of where the U.S. ambassador to the U.K. lives. Mm-mm. What does that say to the people in, U- in the U.K. when they see that when they see that residence of the U.S. ambassador? It says, well, the U.S. must be doing pretty good. <laughs> Despite all their problems and the things that they've got to work through, this, that, and the other, they must be doing pretty good. Well, uh, let's go to the next uh, uh, picture. Let's go to the U.S. ambassador of uh, there in Paris, okay? So this is our U.S. ambassador sent over, of course, to France. And sometimes we have uh, different uh, residences, more than one, more than one embassy, even in some countries, especially ones that we do a lot of relations with. But this is just another example. This is where the U.S. ambassador to Paris uh, lives at. Uh, Pastor Stephen, that looks like a mansion. Yes, that's exactly what it is. You have to understand these men and women that are U.S. ambassadors are not operating in a little 150 square foot, you know, uh, office in a little side apartment building somewhere. Wow. Now, as we're doing this, think about yourself as an ambassador for Jesus and the wealth and the power and the authority backing you and let this work with your mindset. Mm -mm. as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So allow the kingdom mindset to begin to get into your heart and affect the way that you see things and have an understanding of the backing from heaven that you have to represent Christ here on the earth. Let's go to the U S ambassador's residence in Rome. Take a look at that. What do you think about that? Pastor Stephen, uh, uh, what's going on with all of these places? This is where our U.S. representatives are staying at, in places like this all over the world. It's beautiful, isn't it? Praise God. How about some interior photos? Let's go to an embassy or the residence of the American ambassador to the Czech Republic. Let's pop up the first image. Oh, Pastor Stephen, what a beautiful interior. That kind of looks like a, yeah, looks like a mansion, doesn't it? Look, I'm trying to obliterate any uh, mentality where you think you're trying to be humble because you want to go live in a chicken coop. God does not have his ambassadors living in chicken coops. Praise God. You need to expand your thinking with a kingdom mindset. See, Jesus said this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached throughout all the earth. The gospel of the kingdom. And it's a big planet. Look, I know if you watch television and this, that, or the other, they're showing you news from different parts of the world. But here's the truth. You get on an airplane and you fly because uh, I, I have flown literally all around the world, stopping all along the way. I've gone around the, the entire circumfer- uh, circumference of the earth. And uh, you, you realize, hey, despite technology, this is a big planet. And when you go to various countries, you're like, oh, you know, the world is really big. We may have information at our fingertips. We may be, be able to contact people very, very quickly. But this is a gigantic planet with an incredible amount of people. And the only way that we're going to get the gospel preached is through tremendous empowerment of God. Hallelujah. So we must think on a larger scale. We must have a kingdom 
mindset. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next picture there at the Czech Republic uh, uh, embassy where our American official stays at. Oh, isn't that beautiful? That's where they have many meetings. Oh, by the way, this uh, residence where the U.S. ambassador to the Czech Republic lives at, uh, it only has 150 rooms. Mm. Now, I've only showed you a few pictures but I, of, a, of a few U.S. residences where our uh, ambassadors stay. But you have to understand that the U.S. alone, I'm not talking about other countries, what Germany does or what Australia does with all their embassies around the world. I'm talking just for an example of the U.S. The U.S. has 275, this is what they call them, diplomatic post. <laughs> uh, let's just call them what they really are, mansions. And most of them the U.S. owns. There are a few they lease, but most of them they've owned. Or they, they own, they keep them in beautiful condition. Why? It is a representation of the status and the wealth and the influence of America. So there's 275 diplomatic posts that America has in 180 countries of the world. Mm -mm -mm. Praise God. So notice that the wealth of the nation naturally follows the ambassador wherever he or she goes. Oh, yes, we see it in the natural. We saw it just from the picture uh, examples. That's just a few of the uh, ambassador's residences, or as they're technically called, diplomatic posts. But my friends, this... This is only a representation in the natural. What about the spiritual when we have the kingdom of God backing us up as the Lord's ambassadors, the most important assignment on the earth to reconcile the lost back to God? Mm -mm. Anything you need, God will bring into your life so that you can effectively fulfill your assignment. Heaven is very rich. Heaven is very rich. So please don't settle real low or just mediocre because you think, well, you know, I don't want to ask for much. Look, God owns, he owns everything. God has resources and anything you need to carry out your assignment of reconciling, restoring Mankind that has been separated from God through sin and just sharing the love of God with people, supporting this ministry and being connected with ministries that have a kingdom mindset that as we take the gospel to the world, we have God's support so that we might continue on in our work unabated and that we might also do it with excellence because what we do reflects the one that we are speaking on behalf of of. Praise God today. I really want you to see yourself as an ambassador of God's kingdom. Woo, praise God. Operating with a heart of reconciliation. As a matter of fact, this is a ministry that we all have. It doesn't mean a full-time ministry office like the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, but verse 18 tells us, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. 
and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, getting people back to God. How? Through Jesus, the same way that we were reconciled. One of the most powerful things that you could ever share is your personal testimony of what God did for you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, let's take a look today at something interesting in Malachi chapter 3, verse 18. Will you turn there with me today? Malachi chapter 3, verse 18. God's Word says, Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked. Between one, watch this, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Wow. My friends, how can you serve the Lord? Be his ambassador, be in love with him and be walking in the light of these truths and yet live a mediocre, normal life. I'm telling you, it's not possible. This book is a book of two covenants, the old covenant, the new covenant, the covenant, the covenant entitles you to supernatural empowerment and blessing from the Lord. It is impossible to be normal and to just go through life like everybody else, like, like even pagans that don't serve God, that get drunk, that do drugs, that are involved in sexual immorality. It's impossible to serve God and not have a marked distinction of God's blessing upon your life. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. You're an ambassador of the most high God. Praise God. Your case is different, therefore. And it says that between one who serves God and one who does not serve him, you'll very, very, uh, very easily be able to see a distinct and marked difference. Praise God. Now, of course, we know in God's word, Romans chapter 8, verse 37, that the apostle Paul said that we are more than conquerors. It had been enough if he, if he would have said we're conquerors through Jesus Christ, but he said, you are more than conquerors. No matter what the world can throw at you, no matter what circumstances in life may bring towards you, you are more than a conqueror because you have supernatural supply. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Let's go further with this. Can you imagine that if you turn the news on later today and they're suddenly on the news, you see a very strange report and it says that the U S ambassador, uh, let's take for example, to Argentina has starved to death. Yes. The U S ambassador has starved. You think what in the world? And then let, uh, for example, let's just put up a picture right now of where the residence is at, of where the U.S. ambassador to Argentina, of course, the residence would be there in Buenos Aires. Let's put that up on the screen. Take a look at that. Look at that picture. Look where our ambassador lives at. What if you saw in the, in the news today and a report says U.S. ambassador to Buenos Aires has starved to death? Okay, if you saw something crazy like that, you only have one of two conclusions that you can come to. 
Number one, it means that the supply of America has run out and they've run into trouble down there in South America and we can't do anything about it. He's cut off. He's on his own. He's now subjected to any turmoil or trouble that might be happen, happening down there. Mm, mm, okay. Wow. Or number two, or number two, he has supplies and he has food and protection, whatever he needs from the U S government that he's suddenly somehow not aware of. And because of that, he needlessly suffered. Mm. But of course you can tell by where he's living at that I'm sure he's eating quite well and he's enjoying life as he's working to keep good relations going between the U S and Argentina. Praise God. Amen. And may the Lord bless him as he does just that. But my friends, I have actually, can you believe this? I have actually heard of Christians. You ready for this one? Who love Jesus. And some even had good prayer lives and they starved to death. I've actually read some of the old missionary books uh, and I've, I've even heard some testimonies of, you know, from other uh, nations where things got really bad and, dr and dire and drastic. And I have actually read true stories of some Christians who have starved to death. And then, and then you have other Christians that are young in the Lord and they're puzzled. They're like, why did God let that happen? And they wonder what happened. Well, let's take a look at a verse for a moment. Let's go to Psalm 37. Psalm 37 and verse 18. The Lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. Now that's very important because you can be in evil times. And that word where it says you shall not be ashamed means that you will not be a victim. You will not be disgraced. Oh, well, Pastor Stephen, you never know when a stray bullet may just hit you and take you out. Never in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Never to the man or woman who stands on the word and believes this in their heart. There will be no disgraceful departure. Mm -mm. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. You know, there's been even moments in our national history, maybe with a hurricane or some type of lawlessness that began to unfold when something happened that uh, the police force or whatever couldn't handle and things for a little while went out of control. Well, it says here that they shall not be ashamed in the evil time. Well, Pastor Stephen, if something like that happened, somebody could just come into your house and stab you and kill you. No, no. Maybe to somebody outside of the covenant or maybe to a Christian who is uninformed of God's kingdom supply. Okay. I'm talking about the kingdom that we represent as ambassadors where God has everything you need, including protection, including protection. When you know you're representing him and he's got your back, you know, you've got all the protection that you need. I know an apostle friend of mine down in, Honduras, who was at his mother's orphanage, and uh, they had a, they had a lot of uh, young kids, 
but they also had a lot of young girls, teenagers uh, that were being raised there. And, uh, and so he went there to visit and he's the only guy visiting. His mother runs the whole thing while he was there visiting at night. They were surrounded by a guerrilla band of lawless, wicked men with submachine guns and uh, loaded on drugs and full of evil intent. And he knew exactly what they were going to do with, with the young ladies and so forth. And his mother said, hey, we faced this before. It will be fine. God will protect us. And those men began to bang on the door. Some of them even got on the roof. And my friend said he began to pray as the other ladies were praying, not in pandemonium, but strongly and boldly. And angels began to appear and knocked the men off the roof and terrified the men at the door. And they all left. And they all left. And not one woman pulled out a gun and started shooting. They didn't have guns. They didn't have uh, means their trust was in God and God protected them and they were not ashamed in the evil time and neither will you be. Hallelujah. Praise God. That woman running that orphanage in that young women's home knew that she was on kingdom assignment, that she's an ambassador of the most high God and no outside evil force is coming into this kingdom zone and going to wreak havoc here. No way. Praise God. And because of her stand, she saw the power of this verse manifested. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time and in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. They shall be satisfied. The word satisfied in the Hebrew can also be translated. They shall enjoy plenty. Listen, right when, right in the middle of when others are running out of food and maybe rioting and looting, who knows, maybe even killing because they're trying to get food. It says you shall enjoy plenty. It also means have more than enough. See, see God even delights in difficult times where he says, I'll prove that this is a covenant book. I'll prove that this walk is supernatural. I'll lift you up when others are going backwards. You'll go forward. And when others are sliding down, I'll lift you up just to prove the power of this covenant. Praise God. Mm -mm. When others are dying of starvation, God says, if you are illuminated and enlightened in my will for you and my kingdom backing for you, you'll never starve. Matter of fact, in the middle of a famine, I'll feed you so good that you have more than enough food. Mm -mm. That's what God's word says. Praise God. So it means have more than enough. It means to have abundance, completely satisfied. Praise God. Now, of course, we see very quickly, therefore, that all kingdom ambassadors must know how to use their faith. Praise God. And you're going to have to understand also that your faith cannot be yesterday's faith. It has to be a present tense force of faith. We're all familiar with Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. Now faith is faith is that's present tense, not faith was, or not one day, pastor Stephen, I'm going to engage and then faith will be no faith is your faith is on assignment. Your faith is on the job. Hallelujah. And you're moving forward regardless of any adversarial circumstances. Praise God, because you're a covenant practitioner and you are an ambassador on assignment 
from the kingdom of heaven, representing Christ, His redemption, His mercy, His love, His forgiveness of sins, His willingness to grant eternal life to all who believe in Him. And also, you are not just speaking it, you are reflecting the kingdom working in your life. Which is why you should never be tore up from the floor up, frazzled, looking dazed and confused, like the devil just took a brick and threw it and hit you upside the head. No, never, never. Another moment will you ever be the devil's punching bag. Hallelujah. Now rise up today and let the inner image be unveiled in you of, and of being a kingdom ambassador. Hallelujah. You let it get a hold of you. It might, it might even alter where you live at. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know the devil wants Christians to live underneath the bridge. I, I, I know that the, I know there's even those in the church who criticize any level of what would appear to be a level of success. All they're doing is they're expressing their jealousy. They're jealous that they don't have it. And the reason they don't have it is they don't have illumination. And not only must you have illumination, or technically we actually should call it revelation, you, but you must also be a practitioner of it. Mm-mm. But I believe today I'm speaking to hearers of the word and doers of the word. Praise God. Mm. So here's something fascinating. Acts chapter 27. Kelly was uh, mentioning this scripture to me and I was looking into it. I tell you what, it's, it's very, very powerful. Acts chapter 27, verse 23, Paul says, For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, Take heart, men. Listen, listen now very carefully to what Paul says. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. I believe God, not, well, I, I had an angel, but I don't, I don't really, I, come talk to me. I, I don't really believe it. No, he said, I know that was an angel of God, a messenger of the Most High. I believe God, it will be just as God has told me. Not I used to believe. Not one day I'm trying to work this out. Maybe eventually I'll believe. No, I believe. Present tense force of faith. Praise God. We'll get the job done. You have to believe it. But then again, you can't, you can't believe it. If you don't know what God has for you, if you're not familiar with Psalm 37, verse 19, you, you, and, and many other scriptures, of course, that, that reveal supernatural supply and, and divine backup from heaven, then yes, you could go down just like a sinner could go down who's outside of God's covenant plan. Mm-mm-mm. Praise God. That's why your story will be different. And that's why your trajectory is upward eternally and throughout this life as well for God's glory, because you're representing his kingdom. You are representing God's kingdom. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter four. Let's look at a few things that the king over his kingdom was expressing that are very fascinating. The king's assignment the kingdom commission, the kingdom mandate. Luke 4 
And we're going to drop down to verse 18. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now to be anointed means you're empowered. You're empowered by God. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Well, what's the good news to the poor? Well, of course, salvation. You can have your sins forgiven, but it's more. Let's give them the whole loaf of bread instead of just tearing a little piece off and say, here's salvation, receive Christ, go to heaven, uh, but just grovel and suffer and be degraded for the rest of your life because of your current condition. No, no, it is a complete full gospel. Jesus shed his blood, all of it, so that we could have full salvation. Praise God. And people need it. Thank you, Lord. So to preach the gospel to the poor, what's, what's the gospel or what is a good news message to somebody who's poor? There's a way out by coming into the kingdom of God and beginning to operate under the kingship of Christ, giving your heart to him. Look, let me just tell you, let me just tell you, if you're going to bow down and worship a wooden statue and call that your God, you're going to have trouble. If there's famine in the land or there's a plague or a crisis, uh, you're going to be, you're going to be vulnerable. You could take you out. And, and if you're going to worship these false idols, then you, you, you can't, you have no source to true life or to true empowerment. Let me tell you something about the power of the gospel. It is the only means that can take somebody in dire poverty, maybe even born into it. I'm talking like example, somebody that works in the sewer. You know, there's people in the world today that clean sewers out. They just jump down into it with nothing on but shorts and they clean out the sewer. Wow. Standing in it, standing in raw feces up to their chest, up to their waist. The gospel is the only thing that can offer them eternal life and have such incredible transforming power. It can renew your mind. And as you work the kingdom principles of the kingdom of light, it can lift you up and walk you out of poverty. It can walk you right out of it. And that's what Paul said the Macedonian church did. They gave their way out of extreme dire poverty. How? Working kingdom principles. Powerful. Nothing else but the gospel can do that. Save a man, save a woman, and lift them up out of that mess. Praise God. And that's good news to the poor. There's a way out. You don't have to live in this. There is a way out. Praise God. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You don't have to say, stay shattered the anointing can come in and touch you and bind you up and heal you. And you can go on with your life and do what God has called you to do mm. to proclaim liberty to the captives, whether that captivity is drugs or some type of dopamine fix where you're constantly looking for the next high and you have become captive to these devilish forces that are destroying literally your body, whether it's alcohol and still today, the worst drug on the planet is alcohol. It kills more people than any form of heroin or other type of narcotic. All those, those things are lethal. And, you know, there's drug epidemics in certain parts of our nation. But nothing is worse than alcohol. 
My friends, these horrible bondages of the devil, Jesus says that he's anointed to claim liberty to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind. Yes, there's still miracle healing today. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Praise God with the Lord Jesus Christ. He can turn somebody that was formerly defeated and stomped on cruelly by the devil and even by wicked people, humiliated by wicked people. And the power of God can begin to transform that person into a champion where they are not only saved and born again, they have ambassadorial status in them and it begins to show. Mm -mm. And the empowerment from the other side, the glory side is reflecting in them mm, and it's making people think, I remember where they came from, what's going on in their life. Oh, it is a tremendous witness. A transformed life is a tremendous witness. Praise God. So this is very important as an ambassador of heaven. You have to see in scripture such as these verses, verse 18 through 19 of Luke chapter 4. You have to see in Scripture what is your inheritance. And you, you're going to have to catch it and see it by revelation. Or else you could get real excited, but it's going to, th it's going to stay a theory. It's like all theoretical knowledge. You know about it. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, but you're going to have to catch that revelation, you're going to have to see, my goodness, that belongs to me. My goodness, I'm anointed and called by God as an ambassador of reconciliation. What in the world am I going around, uh, walking around, not wearing deodorant? I stink. How can I represent God when I have body odor? Lord, have mercy. Amen. It'll make a man or woman comb his hair, brush his teeth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Think about it. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Might even make somebody vacuum their car. Woo! I had a minister friend of mine. He got picked up at a church one time. He told me about the, uh, about the story, and they picked him up from the airport in the junkiest car. Car was about broken down, and here he is, a minister, coming with healing anointing, coming with a strong evangelistic anointing, and they pick him up in a little bitty junky car, and uh, garbage in the car, uh, food wrappers all over the car. You got to clear the food wrappers off the seat. And he thought, what in the world kind of a ministry is this? A ministry that doesn't understand they represent Christ. Because trust me, you got some businessmen and businesswomen, they see that, and they see garbage on the floor, and they see dust all over the pews, and they see dirt, the, they, they see somebody walked in with mud on the carpet, and nobody vacuumed it. They're going to be like, I, I don't, I don't, I'd like to receive Jesus. I sure want to go to heaven, but I don't know if I want to go along with that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we have to walk around in three-piece suits. That doesn't mean that, uh, you know, we have to be some kind of picture-perfect image. It's not about the clothes. It's not about the house or the car. It's about who Christ is in you. But when that identity is really formed, uh, yeah, it will, reflect, it will reflect outwardly. Yes, it will reflect outwardly. You will clean your car. And you don't have to have an angel tell you to do it. You want to do it because it's dirty. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Jesus. What is the spirit of revelation? It's, it's knowing what God has packaged for you and 
not only knowing what's yours, but how to get it. And so, so much of revelation has to do with what you see. You have to see this is really what God wants for me to walk in and experience. Classic example. Let's go to the book of Genesis, please. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had departed, or excuse me, separated from him, lift your eyes now and look, look, lift your eyes and see, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, all the land which you see, I will give to you and your descendants forever. My friends, if you can't see it, you can't possess it. Ah, Pastor Shibai, that's a nice verse over there in the Bible. I've heard that about being an ambassador before, but you know, God understands that I'm just kind of a sloppy type person. So you can't see it. You have not seen it by revelation. You have not seen that this is what God wants you to walk in. Praise God. But when you see it, you're like, yeah, that's, that's part of my identity. That's part of my inheritance. I'm all in. And then you start moving into it by revelation. Praise God. Here's one that's really powerful. Sometimes we haven't caught the weight of this. Maybe we've gotten a little bit familiar with the story. Second Kings chapter two. Let's look at a moment in the life of Elisha and a condition required in order for him to get the mantle of the great prophet I know you're familiar with the story. Let's take a look at it. Second Kings chapter two, verse eight. Now, Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water. And it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. You have to understand that the Jordan river does not look anything like what it did back then as compared to today. There are actually parts the Jordan River, particularly up north, where if you were young and pretty athletic, you could actually jump across it. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's places where it's only about 25 feet wide. But that's because it's being siphoned off, irrigation here, farms there. Uh, you know, Jordan needs the water, Israel needs the water. And so by the time it starts getting, you know, further down through the country of Israel, it's just, you know, and of course it's dividing uh, Israel and Jordan. Uh, it's, it's really small. But back in those days when Elijah is crossing the Jordan River and he strikes it with his mantle, I mean, it could have been a hundred yards over just to get to the other side, the length of a football field or, or more. And so he hits that. So you can't just read past that real quick. You have to understand anytime you see the working, the gift of working of miracles in operation, it causes your faith to go through the roof. And it can even, there can even uh, be a corporate lifting where suddenly when everybody sees it, you're charged with faith. And suddenly everybody's like, nothing is impossible with God and miracles. Boom, 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 boom. So that's, that anointing is now riding at this moment real high. They've just crossed over. This is a major miracle that you can't do something like that and just go sit down and watch TV. You're buzzing. You're, you're vibrating with the power of God. And so that has just happened. And so we see that they crossed over on dry ground. 
Now verse 9, and so it was still on that high uh, of that anointing, riding that anointing. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. There's two ways to look at this uh, in the understanding. And let me give you my opinion, and I'll share a couple of rabbinical commentaries on this. Some rabbis and some American scholars think that this is referring to the double portion that uh, back, you know, in the olden days would go to the firstborn. In other words, if a man had two sons, the oldest son, the firstborn, got what was called the double portion. So the way that you would divide that up is that if you had two sons, you actually divide it into three portions. And the oldest son gets two, and the other son gets one. If you had three sons, let's say you're a man, you have three sons, and it's time to divide the inheritance. The oldest son is going to get a double portion. So if you had three sons, you divide it four ways, and the oldest son gets two, okay? And the other sons each get one. So there are some commentators that say that that's what this is referring to, he's wanting the double portion, or he's just wanting, you know, some extra. But other rabbis, and I agree with them, they say, no, this is not talking about that type of reference to the double portion. This is literally meaning he wants double. <laughs> what you walk in, the anointing, the empowerment of the Spirit that you walk in, I literally want not just like a double, little double portion, gets, give me some of that. He, he said, I want all of that doubled, okay? And I agree. And I believe Scripture bears out that he actually got twice as much because even the rabbis, um, in, even some of the greatest Jewish rabbis, they say Elijah did eight miracles. And so if you count the miracles that Elisha did, he did 16. So look, he got literally the real double. He got twice as much empowerment, twice as much anointing as we would say. Now let's continue. Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me, ah, that's where a lot of people have missed what's going on here. Okay. Now he said, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Well, Pastor Stephen, what's the big deal? I mean, he's already cleared most of the hurdles. We do know that he has served up by this point. He has served, or as the scriptures say, poured water on the hands of the man of God for anywhere between eight to 10 years. So he's right at the tail end of this. He's been with him through the three locations where the various schools of the prophets were, each one a descent in elevation. So how could this be difficult? All you have to do is just kind of keep hanging out with him and just watch as he leaves. Ah, ah. look, you've got to catch the spirit of revelation. So you get out of the theoretical stuff and get into actually walking in what God wants for you. And you're going to need revelation and you're going to need the Holy spirit. If you don't have the Holy spirit, you're stuck in intellectual land. 
And now you're stuck in the land of theories. And even if you know what God's will for, for you is, you're like, how do I get into it? Because you need the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that helps you to see it. And when you see it, now you can begin to walk in it. Praise God. Something's happening right now to your spiritual sight. And I speak over your eyes. Be opened to the spirit of revelation and what God has for you as a kingdom ambassador in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you see me when I am taken from you, he has to be able to see what is about to unfold. Watch what he sees. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Now Elijah is going up just like Enoch did with a physical body. He's in heaven right now, still has a physical body. He's going to come back eventually in the tribulation period that's, of course, discussed in the book of Revelation. It doesn't name the two witnesses, but most would agree that definitely Elijah's in there. There's, there's I wouldn't say controversy, but there's a lot of chat about it. Uh, who's the other one. Is it Moses or Enoch? Okay, anyhow, but we're dealing here with Elijah. He goes up in a physical body. But here's the thing. That chariot, which is on fire, that is pulled by horses, that are on fire. That is a spiritual vehicle. This pulling, this, this system pulling up, this vehicle pulling up is not a Mercedes Benz. It's not a Toyota. It's not a, it's not a physical structure. This is a, this is a spiritual chariot. Now it's going to pick up a physical man and it's going to take him up and the physical mantle is going to fall off. But if he cannot see that, See, he cannot get it, but he does see it. He actually sees, he actually sees the chariot on fire being pulled by horses on fire. I have seen horses in the spirit realm that are angels. You have to understand that angels, for whatever reason, God allows them at times to even turn shape into horses. That's not crazy. Even John Wesley in his commentaries, particularly his commentaries on the book of Zechariah said that these horses are obviously angels taking the appearance of horses. This is uh, 101 in uh, these type of classes and understanding of this. But you have to be anointed of the spirit. You have to have the spirit of revelation to see the ride coming along. Cause if not, you're, you're just going to see this guy go up. You're going to see the mantle fall, but you're going to like, what in the world is going on? And next thing you know, it's over. You, he said, you have to be able to see it. And he did. He did. Now you read about the 50 prophets right after this, they say, Oh, uh, the, the, the spirit of Elijah is now on Elisha. Yes, they could see it's, it's on him, that anointing, that mantle is on him, but it never says, nowhere in the Bible does it say they saw the chariot and the horses on fire. But Elisha did. And so he fulfilled the, the requirement. Elijah said, you have to see me go. Mm -mm. And he did. 
Praise God. Look, you're going to need the Holy Spirit to unveil to you what rightfully belongs to you. And we, we know that there's healing. We know that there's provision. You have to understand, though, you have to see that this kingdom is real, backing you up. It's more stable, more powerful, more wealthy than any government on the face of the earth and is able to help you accomplish your assignment in life, which particularly also includes the ministry of reconciliation as you go about your life looking for those divine moments, not all the time. You're not trying to, you know, force the Bible down people. You just look for divine opportunities. Oftentimes people will even ask and you just share then uh, a, a reconciling word with them. Praise God. But my friends, you have to see this when, when you see things, the, the word illuminated by the spirit, you can walk right into it and live it. And Elisha walked right into that mantle, picked it up, struck the same river, boom, performed the same miracle. Praise God. Mm -mm. Lift your hands. Father, let this not just be a nice message about, oh, we're ambassadors of reconciliation. Father, let it be a living reality in the lives of your people that they caught it by the spirit of revelation. Mm -mm. Somebody, the Holy Spirit's working with you, and you realize, I'm going to have to do something about that car. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Reminds me of Kenneth Hagin, uh, years, uh, you know, decades back, he said he had this old clunker, and he would actually, when he had, that's all he had to travel in, but he would actually park it sometimes behind the church where he was ministering at. He didn't want anybody to see it. Why? Wrong, wrong representation. Doesn't mean that you're fake, but it does mean, Lord, we got to get some things in order. Praise God. Might have to put some things in order. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Praise God. Father, let it come as a revelation to your people. Let it come as a revelation. Let them see themselves in this role, effectively serving you. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Mm. We thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Just angels are working right now, tying you into kingdom works mm, for promotion and increase and expansion for God's glory. Father, bless your people. Now we seal this by your Holy Spirit, lest the birds of prey tried to steal it through uh, negative circumstances. Lord, we seal it. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. The, the, the Lord is working with many of you with your minds. He's working with your minds right now. The mind of Christ. The mind of Christ alters your intellect for good. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. But it's also the spiritual mind. It's the spiritual mind. It's the kingdom mindset. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. If you're watching today's message and you don't know Jesus as your King and as your Lord and Savior, today, right now, receive Him into your heart. Pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm in the wrong kingdom. Rescue me now. 
Jesus, I give my life to you. Grant me your eternal life. Wash my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. And step into my life. And lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Welcome to the family of God, the kingdom of light. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let us now remember the Lord, His sacrificial death, by taking Holy Communion. I have one of these little travel communions with the bread or the wafer and the juice all in one. These are great for traveling around. I'm going to use this today. Let's grab some grape juice and unleavened bread. Praise God. And let's take Holy Communion together. Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We bless it and sanctify it. We set it apart through this prayer. And we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. A kingdom mystery, a mystery of the kingdom. But we believe it and receive it as it is. Father, as we now receive the Lord's body, we thank you, O God, that we are your ambassadors. We thank you, Father God, for the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for an ambassador mindset, kingdom mindset of representing you, and you reflecting your kingdom through our lives, our language, our faith, our conduct, our mindset. Now, Father, we bless you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us receive the Lord's body. Praise God forever. Heavenly Father, thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. As we receive his blood, we ask that if we have committed any sin, you would wash it all away. Cleanse us from any sin, all unrighteousness through the Lord's blood. We thank you that we have become the righteousness of Christ by being saved. Thank you, Father God, that we have right standing with you. Thank you for the blood cleansing right now, continually. Oh, God, we give you praise. And we thank you, Father. Give us opportunities to be ministers of reconciliation. Thank you, Father. We receive the Lord's blood now. And by faith, all of the support we need from your kingdom to back us up as we are in these other lands, as we are in the earth realm, reconciling the lost to you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's blood. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Kingdom mindset. Kingdom mentality. And King Jesus ruling over his eternal kingdom. Praise God. Father, bless your people. We thank you for this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. My friends, thank you for watching today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Go forth today as the Lord's anointed ambassadors. Bye-bye.